Barbenheimer week, <laughs> but we're only talking about Barbie because yes. Shelby is yes. difficult. She's mm. a difficult woman. Uh, uh, and uh, such a kin right now. <laughs> and she was like, no, um, I can only and horses. I can it. only do one movie this week. So it's going to be Barbie and we have to save Oppenheimer for next yes. week. Yes. But and jokes on her that. because that means that next week we'll be spending a whole hour talking about Oppenheimer when she could have gotten off with only a half hour about it. So. I know, but you know, as we learned in Barbie, women are forced to make impossible decisions all the time. And I, for one, am proud of the fact that Barbie gets a full hour of our attention instead of trying to discuss it in the same breath as something like Oppenheimer. So. No, and having watched both movies, I'm sort of glad that we split them in half. I think there are some like similarities or or like connections that I want to talk about next week, but I think that there's a lot going on in both of them that I'm very excited to unpack. As soon as I left the theater from Barbie, I was like, okay, I cannot wait to talk to Shelby about this. I was like, <laughs> I know she's going to have interesting opinions. I was like, I want to know what they are. I want to know if they're the same as me. Um, I appreciate it. So I am, yeah, I'm th- I'm thrilled to be here. Honestly, yeah. I'm not sure if there's ever been a podcast episode that I have been looking forward to more. Like oh from gosh. the moment I saw this movie, I was like, okay, like, I need to get Shelby's thoughts, but I was like, I don't want to ask her ahead <laughs> of the episode. I want to get yeah, them keep fresh it keep it so that I can experience the disappointment live on air um, and be disgruntled Your disappointment for a whole or my disappointment? Your disappointment in? My disappointment in your thoughts on the film, <laughs> if we don't agree. You know, ironically, I I was on Letterboxd, like, cataloging this as one of my watched movies and oh, I saw did you your see, review oh, you it. saw my review oh see I and haven't I seen like, yours hmm. I was like hmm. I was like hmm. <laughs> so I've been so this is I've gonna be dicey is what I'm hearing this. yeah <laughs> oh gosh I no. was texting my you know sisters anyone who saw this and I was like do you want to be on this podcast with Matt because I feel like he's gonna say something stupid <laughs> oh gosh uh this is already but starting no, poorly yeah, for me. No. Barbie, 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 Barbie. I mean, this has been, you know, something in the works for to. forever. It's huge. Yeah. It's been a huge story since the time it was announced. And Ryan Gosling was um, uh, revealed as the kin and all the ages questions about that. And what is Greta Gerwig going to do with this Mattel like IP? Like what's happening here? Um, obviously, the promo cycle for it has been absolutely bonkers it blew away like expectations it stole the box office like this has been the biggest opening of 2023 it had with the combination of barbie and oppenheimer this weekend is like top four weekends in like the last decade in the movies um so it's been like a big deal and I loved going to the theater. It was a full house. Everyone was wearing pink. Everyone was just happy to be there. Um, it's obviously trending along like TikTok, social media. Everyone has thoughts. Everyone has opinions. And so on one level, like just out there, I think we can both agree that it's fun to have a movie spark this much discussion and kind of capture the um, the popular zeitgeist of the day. Um because oh, I think yeah. it's yeah, it's it's like nice to have a moment because so often we see movies that no one really sees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're alone yes. in the theater. We're talking about movies and everyone's like, I'm never gonna see that. And so this is nice because I feel like it's a moment that everyone is aware of. Yes, yes. For months now, people have been looking forward to this. And I don't know if like Warner Brothers knew that they had this massive hit on their hands 
you know, back in the winter and sort of set up all of this promo stuff, or if it was kind of like as things built more and more, they added more marketing material for it because there's so many tie-ins to different brands and advertising and, you know, there's like deals with fast food restaurants. Well, I was reading about it and like Mattel reserves all the Barbie promo like stuff like that like partnerships Mm. and so they probably just saw this wave and decided to hit it hard so yeah you have like ruggable featuring barbie and like every sort of like any sort of corporate synergy uh they they struck it they because even like if you google barbie like the google page is different (laughs) and there's all of these like barbie sparkles that come up um obviously there's all of these outfits and i think through a sheer stroke of luck that nobody planned barbie and oppenheimer got put on the same weekend and the sort of just odd juxtaposition of the two of them (laughs) struck people's fancy. And so people started talking about Barbenheimer and how you had to go see them both and how it was this double feature and how they sort of represent these two types of personalities. And one of them is, you know, this bright pink world. And the other is this like sort of dark black world and sort of, uh, are you more a Barbie? Are you more an Oppenheimer? Which one are you going to see first? Are you going to see them both in the same day? Like people are wearing costumes to different ones. So there was just so much energy around it, which was so exciting, especially as movie lovers. It's like, you know, I'm constantly talking to people on movies and you're like, <laughs> yeah. what was the last thing you saw? And they're like, oh, uh, I think I saw Endgame in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, like there's so much better stuff in the world and you haven't seen any of it. And like, how am I even no. supposed to start talking to you? Yeah. So it's nice that now there's sort of this commonality and it does feel like a succession finale or lost or one of these big like pop culture moments that everybody's in on at the same time and just walking around new york city this week it's like i saw all of these groups of people in pink like obviously by movie theaters but also nowhere near movie theaters like at restaurants and other places and you're like oh they must be going to see barbie so it was just kind of like a thrill to live through this moment and i wonder in the future if they're if movies are going to start trying to like capitalize more on this like oh can we pair two things on the same weekend or like can we like how do we recreate this viral marketing moment yeah they'll try i just i think it's one of those things that's impossible to you know they'll always take the wrong message from it where they're like oh people just want uh you know uh more things to buy you know get barbie on it yeah (laughs) yes the corporate you know that every brand is going to be like we got to get this corporate synergy going on like i i can't wait you know for the um like bob the builder movie (laughs) and they're like everybody would wear overalls to the theaters Yeah, and I think there's just always going to be that sort of unpredictable element. Um, Obviously, Barbie isn't an underdog. Like, people were excited when the movie was announced, especially with a cast like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and American Ferreira. Like, it's a big deal. So I don't want to pretend it was some sort of like, oh, my gosh, we didn't think this would do well. Um, But I think it definitely exceeded expectations. And, And, yeah, I think it was just like a perfect sort of, it was a perfect know, storm because you had okay, Barbie is obviously this old nostalgic toy yes. that is hitting lots of different um, you know, age demographics because people mm-hmm. who are in their 50s and 60s played with Barbie, but also people also millennials, also um Gen Z people. Because Barbie is a children's toy, families are going to go see this kids are going to want to go see it but also because it's about adults and it's from Greta Gerwig which I think we need to talk about more um the there's like a more adult element to it so adults want to go see it Greta Gerwig sort of has her own cult following because the casting of this movie is so good and there's so many different famous people in it playing different roles i think you have a lot of buy-in from those different types of communities it's like oh the people who love sex education oh the you know people who have crushes on ryan gosling oh people who loved um shang chi you know all people who love snl and kate mckinnon there's just so many different demographics that are all pooling into this um and then obviously you have the people who 
wanted to see Oppenheimer and were like, okay, well, I'll see Barbie too. So, you know, you just had so many different groups yeah. that it, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how you would even begin to try to recreate this. Yeah, it's impossible. She's everything and he's just Ken. Um, so you were, you were like me- medium excited for this film, right? You had high hopes well, or just regular hopes? No, I feel like I was so when this movie was announced, I feel like I was so, so, so excited for it. Yeah. Because I love Greta Gerwig. I loved Lady Bird so much. I feel like that movie, you know, as somebody who grew up, sort of, obviously Lady Bird grows up in Sacramento, not in the Midwest, but, you know, like sort of like a religious <laughs> upbringing and she's like in this small town and then she feels like she's not understood and she goes to New York. Like that was yeah. such a relatable story to me and I loved that movie so much. And then Little Women... I read the book and liked the book, but then went and saw the movie and felt like the movie was better than the book. Like somehow was able to take this story that I think had been kind of clipped in various ways because it was written in the 1800s. And, you know, there were certain things that I think Louisa May Alcott wanted to say that weren't really, she wasn't really able to say, or the publishers wouldn't let her say. And so I felt like Greta Gerwig really like, was able to take this book, this story that was so well known and make it into a movie that was somehow like different, but the same and stayed true to the book, but was very modern at the same time. Like it was just so tremendous. And I feel like the messages coming from Little Women were so empowering as well in that, you know, uh, there's these four different girls and it's sort of like, I think as a society you want to say like okay this one like joe is right and the other ones are wrong or you know like this is how women should be and these are how women shouldn't be and the fact that greta gerwig was like these are all like valid existences that should be celebrated and that these sisters can support each other even though they are doing very different things and want very different things in their lives and these are all good things to have like i i loved that as well and Growing up, I played with Barbies a lot, much to my parents' chagrin. (laughs) And so I was excited for that. And I think that early on, sort of, obviously there was excitement, but there was some sort of, like, trepidation of, like, what is a Barbie movie going to look like? Like, why is Greta Gerwig doing this rather than doing something that's more artsy? Like, this feels sort of a sellout move. Um, Like, is this kind of, like, her Marvel movie type thing? And I was like, no, I trust Greta Gerwig. Like, whatever she decides to do, I'm going to be here for. And I feel like she'll do it in an interesting way. And then, yeah, as the press cycle started and we got all of these, you know, Margot Robbie's wearing these vintage Barbie outfits come to life. And, you know, they're doing an architectural digest tour, but it's of the Barbie dream house. I was just like, everything is so clever and so well done and so put together together that I was really excited for the movie but I do feel like as we were getting towards the end of the press cycle cycle I was feeling a little bit of fatigue just that <laughs> it was like so You're much too many girls everything too much everywhere well, it was, <laughs> I mean I do think that there is like a part of me that's not necessarily um I wouldn't say that I'm like a contrarian person but I do mm. feel like I do feel like I like um sort of things yeah. that are like more uh i don't know that feel more like discarded yeah yeah well, not more. even underground like underdog i feel like more so you know what i mean like i'm sort yeah. of like if everybody else is already liking this like yeah, then i don't need wanna, to be out yeah. here like stomping the <laughs> ground for it like i need to be supporting things that other people aren't but not in a way of like i'm so cool like you couldn't even possibly understand i'm like no mm. you guys like this is this is like uh, uh, isn't it romantic is a great movie and you guys all don't like it I don't know why no um, but yeah so then I yeah so that's I guess where I was going into the press screening I was very excited for it was really looking forward to it I feel like had high expectations but I was trying not to have that high expectations because I know that's how you end mm-hmm. up kiss of death yeah being disappointed but I felt good going into it I don't know and how out of it no. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to talk about your sort of run up first oh, yeah. before I we mean, actually I, get into it? Yeah. Uh, short but sweet. I was excited. I I felt, yeah, total joy at the idea of another Greta Gerwig film. And I think I'd loved all the press around it, like where she was talking about like 
the reverse creation story and how Barbie's sort of a misunderstood toy and the complexity there. And I think all that rang true and interesting and thoughtful to someone, to a woman and someone who loved Barbies, but who was told like, one, she had to grow out of Barbies and two, that Barbie was actually toxic and like a bad toy and we should never play with it. And it's like, love. So I thought this reclaiming of Barbie and a reexamination of like, is she is Barbie like pure evil created to make girls feel bad about themselves or is she allowed to be something more complex was interesting. And so I went in with complete trust, faith, hope, and um, (laughs) charity for what Greta Gerwig could pull off with this cast. And I left absolutely fulfilled and thrilled. And it was my religion by the end of it (laughs) yeah and like that's the sentiment that i keep seeing over and over and over again on social media and like so many of my friends have had that and i feel like there is a like i've definitely seen people who have more my opinion on the movie but it's definitely not the uh not the uh, majority opinion Mm -hmm. and so i have sort of been I don't know, like, because I see, because I saw this at a press screening before, obviously, it it came out. And so I watched it, and I really, really, really love the first half. And then I feel like the second half sort of gets a little muddled in its messaging, and it mm. just, like, didn't... When the women start talking for themselves. Yeah, yes, exactly. Mm. Well, I don't know, <laughs> I, I had, like... And I was like, this is such, like, a corporate entity that it, that there was a lot of, um... I don't know. It felt a little bit like capitalisty yeah, to me. Yeah, you called in her ways. capitalist Barbie. Yes, yeah. and I just like uh, there were elements that I felt like, or plot lines that I felt like were sort of left dangling, or that didn't get enough attention. And I wondered what like the original screenplay of this was, and how much input like Mattel or you know, sort of the corporate overlords had on it and sort of tweaking certain things. Cause I didn't, I didn't dislike this movie. I really did enjoy it. And I think that there's so much here that is absolutely incredible. Like the performances and the production design and the costumes and the wigs and stuff. I just had some issues, I think with pieces of the screenplay in like how it was resolved, but leaving the theater, like the, the, person who I saw it with she also had similar thoughts and then we went to dinner and we're sort of like yeah like that was good um but you know like we had this issue and that issue and I was sort of like yeah like I think that's probably how like people will come down on it um and then I saw all of the (laughs) reviews and everything come out and I was like wait like am I like in a on a like did I see a different cut or like was I did I like miss something Did I doze Mm. off at some point and then I was like reading reviews and some other people sort of had like similar things that I did and I was like okay so I didn't like miss anything I I I don't know I don't know if I like went into it with like either too high of expectations or I was like looking to find holes or what but I don't know it just like well, I think it's one of those movies that's both like hitting you over the head but also leaving a lot of room for interpretation and conversation and so it is kind of like, you know, all over the place. There's a kinetic energy to it that feels kind of like, whoa, what's sticking here? The, you know, the jokes are flying fast. The the feminist theory is coming at you from both ends. You have, you know, toxic masculinity versus patriarchy versus like capitalism. And I feel like, yeah, it's a grab bag in some ways, but I think for me and for what a lot of critics are responding to is this sort of uh, optimistic and energetic look at concepts that are never allowed to be fun. And I feel like it felt like this giant therapy session dedicated to healing women's inner child. (laughs) And I think that allows people to kind of take a step back from maybe the nitty gritty of the um, formula and appreciate the attempt even. Yeah. I, I loved the sort of joy of the movie and the sense of all of that and how much everybody is liking it and having fun. And I sort of like, don't want to be the, um, 
wet blanket. You know, yeah, sort of like the wet blanket, <laughs> like sort of the Debbie Downer of the party that's like, yeah. well, actually, you know, <laughs> these chemicals cause cancers. Oh, we shouldn't be drinking this yeah. Diet Coke. Yeah. But, but that's sort of how I felt about some of it was like the... I mean, I guess to, like, get into the plot more. Um, so we start with Barbie, and she lives in Barbie land, and everything's great. And um, her and the other Barbies are sort of having a grand old time. And the Kens are, like, not quite as happy, but, like, you know, are sort of doing their thing and trying to get Barbie's attention. And then all of a sudden, the Barbie played by Margot Robbie. Stereotypical Barbie. Stereotypical Barbie starts to have some, like, existential dread thoughts and her feet are flat and she has cellulite and she uh, is thinking about death and so she goes to Weird Barbie played by Kate McKinnon and Kate McKinnon tells her that there's some sort of issue between her and the girl who's playing with her in the real world and she's going to have to go to the real world and sort of meet this girl and try to like make her feel better or fix whatever is like going on in her life. And then by fixing that, she'll sort of fix herself and she can go back to Barbie world and everything will be back to normal. And so then her and Ken go to the real world. And I feel like all of this, I am loving like all of the Barbie world stuff was so fun. So clever. The Lizzo song that sort of plays over the opening was top notch. Um, like the, all of the, the craft. The set design is gorgeous. Yes. It's like practical. It's built. It's beautiful. The costumes, like the Ken introduction where he doesn't really have a job. His job is beach. Um, you know, just like everything is so well thought out and so clever. And then I also loved the, okay, now we have a Barbie in the real world plot line which you know we've sort of seen this before in other movies of like the toy is now in the real world and like that's crazy but I thought that they did a really good job with that and there were some really there were some really fun moments but there were also some like very heartfelt moments where Barbie is like having feelings for the first time and is like trying to figure out like what is anxiety and what is um you know, sort of like melancholy. And there's this beautiful moment of her and this older woman who's sitting on a bench because she's never really encountered an old person before. And I don't know, there was just so, there was so much that I liked in that Mm -hmm. section as well. Um, Yeah, I think it was really immediately like, I mean, because even it starts off with narration by her. Uh, Helen Mirren where she's talking about like oh Barbie's solved everything and we as an audience and her as the narrator know that's not true but the Barbies are in this like happy denial bubble where they're like look we can be anything and it was so like fun and fresh because like you said this isn't like we've we've explored the concept of a woman-led utopia before like I thought a lot about um Wonder Woman's magical Mm -hmm. land and how I wish I could live there and everything just feels a lot more relaxing and I think Women watching movies don't often get that. And so there was something really magical and childlike about this opening and the joy that these, you know, every night is a girl's night. And like um, (laughs) just the opening sequence of all the Barbies winning their awards. Like I immediately like trusted Greta Gerwig to walk us through this because instantaneously you can just pick up on things that I don't know, like, like I was immediately struck by how none of the Barbies said like, oh, thank you. Like, I owe this to you and you or whatever. Like during these weird like awards, they were just like, I deserve this. And like, I worked really hard for this and I can, can, I can be emotional and thoughtful at the same time. And I was just like, yes, like so much of womanhood is spent trying to make ourselves like small or grateful or, you know, kind of never wanting to take full credit or like be the biggest person in the room and so immediately it was just like this cozy little dreamscape and I liked that she set us up there that she started us off there while also letting us know that well the ball's about to drop and like you know the narration saying like well she's about to learn like you know maybe things aren't as perfect in the real world and so yeah immediately as they go through their journey to get to Venice Beach and the Mattel headquarters. You're like, there's so many easy jokes there and they have a lot of fun with it where she experiences like catcalling for the first time or like 
they see a picture of all these like blonde beach babes and it's like, oh, that's the Supreme Court. Like, yeah. or she goes up to the work workers and are like, where are all the women? Like, shouldn't they be working? And they just completely talk down to her, only talk to Ken. And Ken's like lighting up like, oh my gosh, people are finally looking at me. People are finally paying attention to me. And I thought like that was such an interesting nuanced way to look at something that could just be played for laughs, but ultimately added to the story, especially as far as Ken goes. And I think that was also where I was like, oh, like this is like Greta's going to take this seriously because it wasn't just like it would have been easy for Barbie to just still remained like doe eyed about everything and just like not understand the implications of what was happening. But instead, immediately she felt uneasy. And we all as women knew that feeling of uneasiness. And she's like, he's Ken's like, <laughs> oh, I, I feel like everyone's watching me and there's not an ounce of violence to it. And she's like, well, I kind of feel an ounce of violence to it. And I just think there was there was a sense immediately where I was like, okay, like, is this going to be like critical gender theory deep into the weeds of nuance and inter intersectionality and history? No, but is it going to be a little bit more nuanced and thoughtful and thought provoking than a lot of these hashtag feminist, hashtag girl boss, hashtag yes queen movies we've gotten? And I felt like she she walked us right through there. And I, I was I loved it. Yeah, I really liked all of that as well. And I liked the plot part where Ken sort of like uncovers what patriarchy <laughs> is and is yeah. like, wait, this is actually great. Like, how can I take advantage of this? And then he brings it back to the Barbie world. Um, and sort of is able to set up his own like patriarchal society there so that when Barbie finally gets back, uh, you know, all of the Kens are in charge and the Barbies are like maids and the Kens are running everything and drinking beer and riding around on horses and just being yeah. these. Um, and the little details, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like as the juxtaposition of their journeys where they are start on highs and lows and then end on opposite lows and highs. Mm -hmm. And just like Ken, Ken isn't just thrilled to be seen. He's thrilled to see men mistreating or being able to ignore or diminish women. Like it was funny, but it was, it was funny, not funny, haha, -ha, funny, sad when mm -hmm. he like saw the CEOs and one of them like, tells one of his assistant ladies to be like Shh. like he just makes a motion like a hand motion and I, it was so funny watching Ken because Ryan Gosling has such a great physicality to his performances but where he was like mimicking this sort of like um this sort of like realization that he could not only be seen and be powerful but it could come at the cost of these people these women or or being able to like make someone subservient to him for once and I found that really fascinating because he was still one of our central like heroes he was never played as the pure villain like he wasn't like no, this movie really didn't have a like over the top villain even the yeah. Mattel CEOs were kind of goofballs and yeah dummies <laughs> the, yeah we'll get to them um the no i think that they did a really good job sort of like humanizing the ken character too because you sort of realize that the reason like obviously he's enticed by patriarchy and having power because he hasn't really had that before but also so much of that comes from the fact that he really likes barbie a lot and is spending his whole life focused on her and she is sort of just you know doing her own thing and so he's really hurt by that and in the end they're sort of able to have a conversation about their relationship and how you know in some ways like he she took him for granted but then he wasn't sort of like he was uh, going after like she didn't want to have a romantic relationship with him, but he kept pressing it. So, um, so I think, yeah, it does a good job of taking that relationship and sort of fleshing it out and making it a lot more human than it could be. Um, so yeah, I, I liked all of that as well. Um, I feel like really the part where it started to 
go downhill for me a bit was once they got back to Barbie land. So Ken goes back and like institutes the patriarchy thing. Barbie is why is she? She's she's on a journey. So yeah. the hotel CEOs realize there's a Barbie loose. Right. And this is a problem they've run into before. So they're trying to catch her. Meanwhile, she's trying to meet her her playmate to kind of figure out why she's not happy with her. And she goes to the middle school where this girl Sasha is and Sasha gives her a dressing down that's like, Barbie's actually super toxic and you made women hate women. And like, you're bad for us. And that's when she's crying and emotional and Mattel picks her up. But then simultaneously, America Ferreira's character is Sasha's mother. And she realizes she wants to save Barbie because these CEOs are just going to like put her in a box. And so... They end up saving her. She's like, oh, well, I'll take you to Kinland. I'll take you to Barbie land so you can like see how great it is there. And like you'll learn, you'll remember, you'll see how wonderful this toy world you made is. But then it's, it's, yeah, but it's been taken over by Ken. Right. And so all of the Barbies are sort of like brainwashed and are like maids and girlfriends and assistants and whatever to the Kens who are doing whatever they darn well please. And all the Barbies have been like kicked out of their houses and they're all now Ken's houses. And and I thought all that was really clever, too, and and well done. And to sort of see like what it would look like for a bunch of people who like just discovered patriarchy and like what like look at this power like what can we do with it um sort yeah, of how like that all no girls allowed like yeah <laughs> cards going up but boys tree houses yeah it's very like middle schooly in some ways but yeah. also like super toxic at the same time so it's an interesting juxtaposition of like in some ways it's not super harmful but then in other ways you can see like how incredibly harmful it is and what a nightmare it will cause in the long run um but then i felt like once they got back to ken land slash barbie land the kingdom kingdom the <laughs> like i don't know the i felt like the plot got weaker and the like sort of characterizations got like more murky and there was just like a lot of different things going on. And I wish that they had, I don't know, like tried to focus on something more or um, I, I don't know. It was just oh, like, such... I just think it's like, it's like, <laughs> I just feel like that gif of little women where she's like women, like I just don't have the words for it because I feel like it speaks to a very real you know, existence of this, you know, Barbie's going on her own journey. It started as her journey, but suddenly she has to clean up this dude's mess. And it's not that he's bad or that she can just sit there and be like, ugh, men are the worst. Like, men are trash. Like, yes, all men. Instead, she's really trying to, like, understand what's happening. And at first, she's just like, I can't clean this up. It's too much. And so she has her depression Barbie era, which hashtag relatable. Um, But then... It's America Ferreira's character who reminds her, like, yeah, this freaking sucks. And that's where her Greta Gerwig's, like, you know, a classic. Yes, woman that's where the monologue speech. is. Yeah. And she's allowed to kind of voice to these dolls who are very simple, um, kind of this, like, first iteration of feminist theory of, like, we're expected to do so much and yet we never win for it. We're always in the wrong. We're always made to feel bad about what we do, what we don't. And we have to clean up the mess too because everything's our fault. And I was literally like, like it didn't necessarily, I wasn't like, you know, fist pumping and like I wasn't teary eyed like I was during Little Women. It is like pretty straightforward. But I think vocalizing that and then ending with her being like, And if that's true for a doll, like, I feel like that's the central message is like, we've put so much weight as a society on the toys and the way women engage with the culture. And like, I think about the Barbie discourse before this movie where, like I said, I loved Barbie. I had a good time with Barbie. And then as you're like growing up, you're like, oh, well, actually it's like really like you're not allowed to just enjoy a thing. You have to dissect a thing. And And there's so much discourse around what is good for women, like what is good for girls, that so much of our life is spent shedding off these girlish things and being told like, oh, you know, 
you must set aside these childish things and and become a woman and like and I just think that was what was fascinating about this is that it wasn't Sasha who was playing with Barbie. It was America Ferreira who was lonely in her womanhood, even though she was a mother, even though she was a wife, even though she was a career woman, she still needed this like escape. And so I felt like so, I don't know, kind of excited to see that journey represented on film in a way that wasn't preachy, but was like fun. And was still rooted in something that so many audience members could kind of appreciate, which was this kind of realization that you are expected to do so much and you get zero, you don't really get credit for it. And so then you get to watch that play out in such a silly and fun way where the girl, the dolls have to be broken out of their kind of, (laughs) I don't know, uh, brainwashing by being told about this frustrating reality, the the toxicity of the patriarchy and how it poisons women against their own like self-interest, all while poking fun of how the patriarchy limits men too. And like men are a victim of it as well, even as they're perpetrators. And so you get this whole kind of um, montage of men <laughs> being played for not seeing women as serious or interesting or they're just so gullible about women, what women could be because they don't think of women as real. They think of them as toys, as props, as, as pieces to their own story. And so they're able to like easily manipulate them by being like, oh, I just don't feel pretty. What is the godfather? You know, like I just thought it was so funny. I really did. Yeah. I I mean, I also loved that part. I thought that those, all of those interactions were really clever and really well done. Um, And so like specific, there was such specificity to so much of the writing, which is great. The, the, uh, like, obviously gender dynamics and you know feminism and are like very complicated issues and so you can't like obviously there's no movie that's going to be able to uh you know go through all of that and i didn't uh, i like i didn't want a simpler movie necessarily like i like the fact that it that barbie is sort of like exacerbated by this whole thing and is like oh there's so much going on and like all of this is falling on her and like this is what it's like to be a woman to just have all of these different things that you have to sort of deal with um but i i feel like the um uh, i don't like just the way that it was put together like it was it was it felt muddled to me like i didn't want a simple ending cuz i don't think that's what we need but i think like the complexity felt like it was sort of like getting away from itself rather than like sort of somehow finding like a, I don't know, connection point together. But like, I mean, like with little women, I think it's like, there's not a, it's not like she comes to wrap up everything in like a really neat bow. Like there's a lot of complex ideas going on in that story of like, you know, Meg wants this kind of life and Amy wants this kind of life and Joe and, and the, and these things that they want and how they're going to get them and how those work within the confines of society, you know, like Amy's speech that she gives about how marriage is an economic proposition. Like, all of that is so like those are such complicated ideas but they're all sort of i don't know like tied together in a way that i feel like works where this i felt like once they got back to barbie land like there was so like there were so many different ideas that they all kind of got like half thought out and that then they like none of them sort of like worked to their full fruition cuz like um like with the sort of Barbie, uh, like I liked the idea that, okay, the, the Barbies have to go around and sort of like unbrainwash these girls. And I thought all of those scenes were really good, but then it's sort of like, okay, we have to make the men fight against each other. And we're just going to like sign this thing while it's happening. And that all sort of felt like weirdly anticlimactic to me. And then the, like the, the plot line with America Ferreira and her daughter, um, yeah, and Barbie and their realize, like yeah. relationship. I was sort of like, wait, like this feels like it just sort of like piltered off. You have this whole plot line that we haven't really talked about at all so far about this 
Alan character <laughs> who is well, played by Michael Sarah, who is just Alan, who's like there. And I'm like, I'm sure that in some earlier version of this draft was like made to be a gay character, but then like is never like, like there's well, really I think, like no. I think that's in honor of Alan. Like I think that represents a real part of patriarchal standards where there's men who aren't like necessarily in on it, but they also aren't willing to like dig in. They'd rather run away from it. Like he's literally trying to flee Barbie Land I feel rather like than he was deal like with very it. Very queer coded to me. Yeah. And, and like, but then it sort of never like got there or like there wasn't. I don't know. It felt to me the energy with him was like those scenes in like Marvel movies or whatever where they're like this is a gay person <laughs> like but she, like wink wink we can like yeah. yeah we can sort of or like in in the heights or those kind of things where it's like uh, we still want this to do well in foreign markets hmm. so we're gonna like put it in but like not put it in I also thought that the like the thing I I probably hated the most was the Mattel Corporation plotline where like early on in the movie Barbie visits Mattel and it the board is all men and it's run by Will Ferrell and it's sort of like men own the Mattel corporation and they're running this whole thing and they're chasing Barbie the whole movie. And so you think (laughs) that it's to like lock her up or get rid of her or, you know, uncause the problems and that they're the villains. And then you get to the end of the movie and obviously this movie is sponsored by Mattel. So like Mattel can't look like the bad guys. So that, so it's like Will Ferrell like sort of isn't actually bad at the end. And well, is that we're all victims of the patriarchy. Like, is that a simple sentiment? Yes. But that's like the message is there isn't just one bad guy you can overthrow to solve it. Like you all have your different motivations and these money guys are like, Oh no, his house, he kingdom. What's this going to do? But then they're like, oh, well, maybe it's okay if it's going off the shelves. Like, what is this? But also, Barbie's our legacy. Like, we, she's an idea. We have to save Barbie. And I thought that was interesting because it's way easier to make a sort of, you know, corporate overlord that you can throw out and be like, see, we've saved the day. But instead, it's these bros and they have to work in a system where, oh, we'll get ordinary Barbie as representation, but only because it serves their bottom line. And I felt like that was a good tongue in cheek jab at how Mattel is like, sure, you can do whatever you want with this movie, but we're still going to make millions of dollars off of you. Yeah. I see. I like wanted them to come down harder on things (laughs) because it's like, yes, everybody is a victim of the system, but also there's like, there are people who are worse than others and are doing worse things. And Yeah, and then they sort of trot out the Barbie creator at the end of the movie, um, who, or like her ghost, I guess, um, who Barbie had met earlier on in the Mattel headquarters. And that just felt a little bit um, like. But that's where the whole like theology discourse of this as a tree of life and Garden of Eden, like reading comes in. Like it was so. It was fascinating to me. Like, is it, I can see your point that it felt kind of like, what's happening now? Like, did we lose the plot somewhere? But I think when you step back and take in the full picture, it's easy to appreciate what Greta Gerwig was pulling off in making a sort of, I don't know, alternate examination of the patriarchy and kind of how it exists now. And asking the audience to kind of pay attention to what makes them uncomfortable and apply that to current real life stuff. Because a lot of people went into this and they're like, oh, this is anti-men. These men are such losers. They're played for such, they're such dumb side characters. And it's like, well, welcome to womanhood. Like that's how you've been presenting us to ourselves for centuries in art and film. And like we have been the sidekicks and we have felt like you don't care about us until you need us for the plot. Um, And so that's a reversal and it's asking you to kind of look at that. But then it's also like men aren't all bad. Like you can't just write this off as a men's problem because it concerns and affects men too, which is why the final act being so focused on Ken and making sure Ken was okay was so interesting because as a feminist, I was like, this is called Barbie. Like why do we need so much Ken? But I liked it because it, again, acknowledged like how much emotional work women go into helping people help themselves at no real benefit to them. I feel like some of these are like generous readings of this (laughs) where it's like 
I think the fact that the so much of the last act is spent on Ken, like, uh, did feel a bit like like I can I see your point, but at the same time I'm like, we, like like we it's just Barbie like I wanted more of Ken. Barbie. I wanted more of like her journey. And I felt like sort of at the end, she got pushed aside for all of these other different plot lines that were yeah. only like half baked, but not in a way that was like, I don't know. It felt like, I guess. But I think the central to me, question it felt of it is less... what was I made for? And I think that's her examining that at the very end through at the very plots. end. But no, but I'm saying like, what was I made for? Oh, American Ferreira is close with her daughter again, and she's pitching Mattel for this better Barbie representation. All the Barbies are happy again, but also all the Kens are happy. And it's like Barbie took on everything, and now she has to figure out what she's left with. See, see I feel like it felt less like thoughtful, complex, and more like muddled in its <laughs> final running and I felt like in in my sort of interpretation of that I felt like part of the muddledness came from sort of the corporateness of it and mm. that there were pieces that I felt like perhaps Greta Gerwig had put into an earlier version of the draft that had sort of been like smoothed out or sanded down at various points and so the ending the last you know third of it just felt like there were things that were missing in a way that I feel like Lady Bird and Little Women, which are properties that, you know, don't have the same sort of corporate corporations going through them, did not have for me. And then also, like, I was reading various articles, like, I mean, this this is like a whole another side section of things. But like early on in the movie, we get so much stop talk about, or, you know, one of the things that makes the Barbie world so exciting is all of this diversity and inclusion of these different types of Barbies. And then a lot of those characters are sort of like, not uh, like in the end, we get like less of them and more of like either the men or the Mattel people. I also think it's a little bit odd to have a whole movie that spends so much time discussing gender that then doesn't at any point really address like the fact that gender is not just like male and female and also like that there's different forms of sexuality. Like not that every movie has to talk about that, but I just feel like for a movie that spends so much time discussing gender, yeah. like that is something that I felt like could have been in there. And I sort of wonder if it was at some point and then was, pulled out the I mean I don't think so because Greta Gerwig at the end of the day is a white woman and she's written from her experience in all her films that's been a criticism of like Lady Bird being this sort of a really privileged like white family that's pretending they're super you know there's like there's definite critical readings of kind yes. of what she brings to the table and I totally hear and validate that I think what helps is that this to me was a movie about women. Um, not that that's to say that she couldn't have spent more time unpacking gender and sexuality and having representation across like uh, expressions of love. But I liked that this movie wasn't about love. Like the only pairing you see between Barbies is a friendly one between the um, sex education actors, actors where it's like they're just buddies. And I honestly mm -hmm. like... I really liked that we took away the romance element. And I know that's easy to say in a world where, you know, my cis, like, romance is is everywhere. So it's like, I can see how that'd be frustrating to still not get representation in a fantasy land. Um, but I think the central theme for this movie really comes down to the first scene at the bus stop with the old lady and Barbie realizes, like, you're beautiful. And she says, I know. And there's that really like, there's so much depth to that and sort of like the core heart of the film. And Greta Gerwig cited that as one of her most important pieces in this movie too, and said that um, the studio tried to get her to cut it because they felt like it interrupted the flow and um, didn't make sense. And it didn't seem to add anything to the plot. And she's like, no, this is the plot. Like this is everything. And I think it's a good reminder that this is a movie about a woman who's a doll who's starting to feel like maybe being happy isn't enough. Like maybe being content 
Is it enough? Which is an interesting question and also worth it dissecting why our capitalist brains depend on the idea of suffering in order to understand joy. But then you also have the final scene, which is when um, the Barbie creator takes her by the hand and is like, do you really want to like become human? Because ideas live forever. And I just want you to know what you're getting into before you make this choice. And then you get the montage of all these like real life women. And um, yeah, I did like that. And I think, I think those in tandem worked for me to maybe believe or see um, kind of the larger thesis at play and how we're expected to feel bad for things, but also are able to find joy in spite of those things. So like, we aren't supposed to like aging. We're not supposed to love ourselves when we turn into these old, abandoned, decrepit versions of ourselves. But then also we find joy in spite of being told we don't matter or don't appreciate these moments or we don't deserve happiness. And yet there's sort of this, um, you know, depth to women's camaraderie and being able to feel like, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's at times miserable and scary and stressful and we're undervalued and we're harmed, but there's such joy to be had. And that's like, you know, again, there's better films out there that maybe go into depth in why that's a complicated and, you know, kind of nuanced position to take. But I feel like with the theological kind of reading of this film, it just felt like so mesmerizing to see this kind of awakening like, and tree of life situation that like the, the, in a Barbie thing, film. the things that you're describing like all make sense to me like I like those things I just feel like the, <laughs> the, like those did not get translated to me in this movie like yeah. in the second half there was or in the back section there was so much stuff going on and so many different messages that were being sent that like if that was in there it was being <laughs> like overrun by other things and I felt like that the main sort of stuff that I was getting in the second half or in that end was like okay we have to figure out a way to make the men uh like look okay and like find their sort of mojo and be content (laughs) and we have to figure out a way to make Mattel come off okay and if that involves sort of like trotting out an old woman to be like see and a woman actually invented this Barbie then we will do it (laughs) because like we need to make earlier in the film like there were so many jokes about like we did have a female CEO once yeah yeah but like it didn't like it didn't I mean, like, what can you expect from a movie that is run by Mattel to say about Mattel? Like, obviously, you can't expect them to be like, we are terrible. So it's not that I like I knew that that wasn't going to happen. And I feel bad sort of like holding the movie to that level when it's not. But I'm almost sort of like if you weren't going to be able to go all of the way on having discussions about like sort of corporate capitalism then maybe you shouldn't have started that discussion in the movie because it feels a little hollow in the end but in my all opinion of us just hollow we are all well yes we are all i get that but see that's machine what I'm where saying we buy is to find joy i feel like i feel like that i am like just not i don't know like that there are that I, I just like my brain is not sort of like <laughs> you're not too cap- you're capable not or willing to yeah. sort of like figure out ways to make up for or sort of like cover up or like reanalyze this movie in a way that <laughs> I can like sort those out. Like I'm sort of yeah. like, no, like I think the issue is as always like capitalism and well, that's because uh, it's the easier. Patriarchy. It's easier to say, oh, Mattel's the bad guy, but. But, but as someone who played Mattel with Barbies and guy. found joy with Barbies, how can you say it all no, comes down to Barbie? No, I'm not saying that it's all like I'm not saying that Barbie's the issue, but I do. Th- I I mean I do think that the issue is like the corporation. Like corporations can create good things, and though, but I don't think the good thing is the corporation. Like but because are you I like, found like joy in Barbies doesn't mean that I have to be like, well, Mattel did a good job. Like right, but the movie's not saying that either. So I guess I'm saying I'm asking you to say like, what do you think 
would be a proper way to dress down Mattel here? Is it well? Is the problem guess, with corporations the I way guess they? I don't. I don't. I don't think that they can dress down Mattel. Like I, I sort of feel like that. What I am coming to on my conclusion of this movie is that like the movie could never do what I wanted it to because of who made the movie, and so I think that I just like am wanting something that isn't able to be had, and I. And I think part of that is because I liked Greta Gerwig's previous two movies so much, which felt like they were able to sort of do more of what I wanted. And then the thing that I wanted, I think she sort of like had her hands tied a bit yeah. in this. Um, but so which, would which you I don't... have wanted, like, I guess that's what I'm, I'm challenging is this idea that it needed a better villain or a darker, well, heavier I don't, hand. I don't even know it. I don't think it necessarily needed a better villain because like, um, you know, like something like Strange Planet, or I liked last year, which really had like no villain at all. Yeah. Um. So I'm not saying that like, oh, movies need villains. I. It's just it's weird to me to have to like sort of present a villain in the Mattel capitalist structure, and then to sort of like step back and pull back from that in the end. It, yeah. it feels like if you're going to, like, make that message, you have to make that message and to sort of, like, do a little, like, like a half measure with it is not what I wanted. And I feel like yeah. that there's sort of a bunch of those kind of things in the back half where it's, like, if you're, like, either don't go there or go there, but, like, give me one or the other. Like, it doesn't need to be a movie about everything, but it's sort of, like, you're going to, like, bring up the conversation, then I feel like you should sort of finish the conversation. But isn't the mad grab sort of, like, punching humor part of the way to get you thinking about something yeah i mean i loved sort of like the chaotic energy of the movie and i think that that works really well in a lot of different places i just think in the like not that it needed to like tie up super nicely in a bow or something but it just felt a little bit yeah there was just too much and it felt like it felt like all like a lot of those moments like i wanted them i wanted more of them or i wanted to give them more importance but they were sort of then like lumped in with other things and that some of the moments that got more attention felt like things that didn't deserve as much attention for me Mm -hmm. like like you know sort of like the Issa Rae character or weird Barbie uh, like were were things where I was like okay like I would have liked more on sort of this weird dynamic of like there's this Barbie who's like ugly, so we have her as an outcast. And like, yes, they sort of like, I mean, yes, they like kind of deal with it. To her face and behind her back. Yeah, yeah, but it's like I'm like I I don't know like that. I feel like is the is the like that's the type of thing that I wanted to address more on and less of like, well, Ken, like, how can we sort of stroke Ken's ego enough mm. to make him like feel fine? I don't know. Like, so it's just more like maybe superficial than you wanted in the end yeah i guess i don't know honestly i feel like this is sort of your fault that (laughs) i've had this response to like now multiple movies in the past like couple of years where where i get to the end and i'm like i feel like that my politics as a person has like sort of ingrained itself so deeply that there are now things that i just like can't fully enjoy because they feel like they're not that for you. doing it correctly. <laughs> and I feel like with this, I got to the end and I was like, no, like this didn't address the patriarchy enough. It didn't address corporations enough. And it sort of like gave us this version of feminism that feels a bit outdated and a bit sort of like, well, let's make everybody kind of feel good or maybe like it's pandering more towards like a middle America and I was like I want more of a like how to blow up a pipeline energy (laughs) in this which was never going to happen and which I shouldn't have been looking for but my brain is just now broken and if that isn't (laughs) happening then I'm like well then burn the thing down Barbie joins an environmental uh, terrorist (laughs) right no I feel like had we watched this movie like five years ago when we started the podcast like we would have had different like we would have had opposite views and somehow your mind has been healed (laughs) over time 
and you've been like that. ripped mine like apart. I, just, I appreciated the depth that was provided to me because I walked through the door that Greta opened. Um, and you just weren't re- ready for that. You weren't in the right mind space for whatever reason. I guess. I think this movie served an important an important piece in the feminist, you know, pop culture zeitgeist, which is that it's it's okay to have fun and it's okay to poke fun and it's okay to not solve all of world's problems in a single day. Um, but to have those conversations and to recognize those issues is something valuable. And I thought the fact that she pointed out that the system is the problem, not the individual players was interesting and unique enough that I was able to excuse maybe some of the more, you know, intro level politics to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I just like was never able to fully excuse those things. Yeah. And so it didn't work. Yeah, for me. It like, I mean, I, I, I will say like, I liked them. What are you, what are you singing? <laughs> it's a Billie Eilish song. Oh, no, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm I seem like a Debbie Downer on this movie because everybody else is like 10 out of 10. It's the no, best movie that. of the decade. And I'm like, like this movie had a lot of wonderful things about it. If this wins Oscars, I will be so happy. Like it's, well, it it's very, it's about women's interests, but well, I, well, okay. Well, nevertheless, I <laughs> mean, they might push a bunch of stuff from the fall because of the SAG after strike. Yeah, so it yeah, might end up winning true. by default, <laughs> but um, no, I feel like there's so many things about this movie that I really did love and enjoy, yeah. but I've somehow like out of five stars. So it wasn't yeah. a total. Yeah, no, and and I just yeah, I feel like that by not being like this is a five out of five stars, I have now found myself on like the outside of the fence That's how having I felt to with be Mission like Impossible Seven. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, I feel like we were on the same. Page no, no, that. but I mean, with critics, critics were like, "This is great," and I was like, "Is it though?" Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and and I mean, spoiler alert, I like. I felt very similarly about Oppenheimer. <laughs> I feel very differently about Oppenheimer in, than this movie. In ve- right. I, no, exactly. We'll, we will have switched roles next week oh, on the no. podcast, but I have very, like, but my thoughts on Oppenheimer are very similar to my thoughts on Barbie. <laughs> it will, you will, will have just swiveled from like a five out of five to like a one out of five, and I will still be at three out of five, but then I will have to be. <laughs> like arguing in defense of Oppenheimer because oh, no one has you. to argue in defense of Oppenheimer. Let's well, you haven't even show. seen it yet, Barbie. <laughs> You're not Barbie. You're Shelby. My gosh, my brain. No, I appreciate it. That's my new nickname, and I accept it. Thank no. you. But anyways, the moral of the story is this is your fault. I, you I have love made that. me too you know, liberal me, to like the Barbie yeah, movie. Yeah, you've made so, me. You've made just, me more pleased in your dislike than I would have been otherwise. So I'm glad. That that's what it came down to. I'll take that. I've uh, my sort of like I love isn't it romantic has oh rubbed off gosh. on you where you're just like no, willing to like absolutely not. vibes. I'm I could do I'm good to go. Whatever happens, look at pink. It's more like inclusive than that sort of like uh no, no. That's why I respect this movie because even for its flaws. It did something so unexpected and in such a fresh way that it allows the discourse to feel like it's growing rather than having to explain or justify why. I don't know how much discourse there is necessarily about oh, this, though, because so I feel like most people are like pro the movie. Oh, there's a lot that's out there about like the lack of representation, the lack oh, of Oh, so I'm not like, – th- I mean, yeah, great. You, you okay, have perfect. your people. I'm sure yes. there's some people out there. Um, Love. And I find it all so mesmerizing. And Alan is gay. And, and I'm Alan, annoyed that he's not. And he not. might be. And you know what? That's interesting reading too. I think how he's presented is interesting. And his it's existence giving capitalism. in that world. <laughs> it's giving capitalism. And it's I giving the patriarchy. So. I think it's intentional. I think it is. I think Alan and he's just Alan I think, I is think intentional. That, I think that they were like... Uh, the Mattel was like, we got all these gays coming in here. Like, gays <laughs> well, love Barbies. Daddy, we have so. to give them some, like, yeah, they have <laughs> they have the one Barbie. sugar daddy line. And Alan's <laughs> sort of, like, looking at sugar daddy. There's, like, some energy there. And yet, do we get any sort of development on that? No. Alan's no. just this weird There's character no... who likes dressing you know, and, like women and hanging and out with them. And it's, it's not factually accurate to the way kids play with dolls because those dolls were having orgies left and right in most people's homes. So it should have been yeah, more sexual. Yeah, that's true. You're right. That's true. It the Ken doll never had any clothes when I was yeah. playing of it. So that's awkward. Uh, anyway. Okay. Well, 
I have to run. Yes. So this is the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, if you, like me, are just now too liberal to function, uh, please let me know. <laughs> we can join a support group. Yeah. Um, uh, no, next week, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Because neither of us are going to be like, yes, you know what yeah, we love? Yeah. Republican bombs. I yeah, think yeah. We'll again, I will again be like anti-capitalist. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, Matt Damon. Is he that bad? Matt Damon is good in this. I'll, uh, we'll get to that. Matt Damon, great. Um, but okay. okay. I have to go. Yes. We'll be back next week. We're talking about Oppenheimer. And then in two weeks, look forward to this. It's our five-year anniversary I episode. Know, can you believe? And we're doing something big and fun and exciting for that. <laughs> so stay tuned. And yeah, I guess, is there a Barbie send-off? What does she say? Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, is this my gynecologist? Yeah. <laughs> or what's it? I, I'm here yeah, to be I'm a, to I'm, here to, I'm here to see my gynecologist? Okay, <laughs> bye. Sense.